This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome all of you that are tuning in to the Warning Television program or listening on Warning Radio shortwave program, watching or listening on our social media programs that we have every day of the week on. Welcome. We're in our chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live audience, my staff and families. And uh, we're speaking on great anointing. That's what I'm going to speak on today. Great anointing. Because it's going to take a great anointing from the church to rise up if we're going to save America. Great anointing. John Wesley Charles G. Finney, Dwight L. Moody, Maria Woodworth Etter, Carl Judd Montgomery, Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Evan Roberts, Reese Howells, Abel Simple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, Randy Clark, Heidi Baker, and many other movers and shakers, too numerous to mention, had all tapped into the reality of the divine nature of God by loving him with all their being. Second Peter 1.4 <clears throat> By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. We're not talking about mental ascent. We're talking about a progression in your walk with God to become a partaker of his divine nature. And Jesus in you, the third person of the Trinity, operates in power and authority. Mark 12, 29 through 34. Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well, said teacher, you have spoken the truth for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength, to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. But now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, 
you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no man dared question him. Are we walking in the kingdom of God? We don't need to wait for heaven. We're supposed to be extending the kingdom of God on earth. Are we walking in the kingdom of God? We're supposed to bring the kingdom of God to earth. That's what our great commission was. Who will make disciples of all nations. Point number one. John Wesley said, I put myself wholly into thy hands. Put me to what thou will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or trodden under the foot for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me be all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily resign all to thy pleasure and disposal. I hope you really listen to that. I don't have time to go over it again. That is why he was used so powerfully. We say that I surrender all, but most Christians never surrender all. They don't come close to it. You touch on something they like, either hobby or time, and they get upset with you. Hey, God encounters are the greatest experiences a person can have. The result is that we are forever changed. John Wesley was born June 17, 1703, into an Anglican family. And as a teenager watched a poor man who had nothing, but this man was overflowing with joy. Wesley started to evaluate his own Christianity as he wondered what was the difference between this man in poverty and himself. He started to fast, pray, and disciple or discipline himself to find more of God. Disciple himself by the word of God. By 1725, he was ordained as a deacon. 1728, ordained as a priest. Again, he was on a journey, fasting, praying, disciplining himself, spending time with God like he never did before. 1729, Wesley joined the Holy Club which was a group that regularly meant to observe daily disciplines and to love the less fortunate. Daily disciplines, that's one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control, discipline, many people fail in their walk with God, not never becoming everything they could be because they're not disciplined. They know they should do something, but they don't feel like it. I should pray, but I want to sleep. George Whitfield and Wesley's brother Charles were instrumental in forming the group, which became known as the Methanites or Methodists, because of their strict spiritual discipline. These disciplines, such as daily set-aside time to study the Bible, pray, are critical in our knowing God, but they are not enough. John and Wesley took a journey to sh by ship to America from October 1735 to February 1736. It used to take a long time to travel. When they faced heavy storms and were afraid they might die, they watched a Christian German um, Moravians on board who even their children and women seemed to have no fear of dying. Wesley knew he needed more of God. Charles became sick and a 25-year-old Moravian missionary named Peter Bowler convinced the Wesleys to preach faith regardless of their struggles and experience the assurance of salvation. Regardless what you see, preach faith. We don't act on our feelings. We, we're supposed to act on the word of God, faith. Even though we all periodically are attacked by doubts. We must act on faith, which is continuing through obedience to do what God says and watch the power of God. They accepted this admonition to live and preach faith, and Charles was healed that same day. Two, 
Wesley continued to fervently seek God more through daily devotions, attending church services, etc. Wesley's heart was wide open for God to reveal himself to him. On May 24, 1738, at 5 a.m., he opened his Bible to 2 Peter 1, 4. And we already read that. And he knew that he could be a partaker of Christ's divine nature and truth and reality, not just mentally. Again, there's a price to pay if you want to be as Christ. He also read Mark 12, 34 and knew he was not far from living in the kingdom of God practically. Why? You heard his opening statement. A base, abound, do what you want with me. I want to serve you with all my heart. Later that same day, he attended a meeting at St. Paul's in London where the anthem was, Out of the deep have I called thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Again, later that same day, he went to another meeting that night at 8.45 p.m. Hope for you noticing it. If I covered all of these people, they went to meetings morning and night and sometimes every day of the week for months. They would fast and pray until they got the baptism if it took them three months, not three seconds. Later that same day, he went to another meeting, 8.45 p.m. He knew God was changing his heart and he felt strangely warmed. Wesley was experiencing a love encounter with which changed him. You spend enough time with God and God will continue to encounter himself to you and it will change you. I've spent, again, focused time on these areas and it's changed me again. Wesley began to pray with all his might for those who had his words. And he prayed more, especially manner despitefully used me and persecuted me. So he prayed for people that were using him, persecuting him with all of his might. He now prayed for his enemies, testified openly what God had done for him. And he overcame fear, doubt, and temptation. In other words, he didn't care anymore what they had done to him. He just exercised love like Jesus on the cross. That's a true love encounter. We say, I forgave, but a lot of times you don't forgive. You don't want to see the person. After this encounter, Wesley spent three months learning from the Moravians in Germany before returning to England just prior to the end of the year. He spent time with those that were walking with God in a more profound way than himself so he could be discipled and learn. It's not God will teach me everything. It's never that way in the Bible or in practical life. God uses his body. Wesley was earnest about wanting more of God. And after a night of prayer and worship, in January 1, 1739, something similar to Pentecost hit those that were in that attendance, about 60 of them. 3 a.m. they were praying. The power of God came down mightily upon them. Many cried out to God with exceeding joy and many fell to the ground. They weren't being taught on Pentecost. They didn't study Pentecost. Azusa Street didn't happen yet. But they wanted the fullness of God. And Pentecost happened. Because of the seriousness of these people, which included Mr. Hall, Kinchin, Ingram, White Whitfield, Hutchins, and his brother Charles Wesley, the Great Awakening was birthed, and Whitfield encouraged Wesley to begin preaching in the open. He stepped out of his comfort zone, activated on his deposited anointing. We all have depositive anointing. It's not activated unless we step out and use it. I tell my wife, if I call on you to get up, get up. Use your depositive anointing and God gives you more. He increases it. It's activated through obedience. His depositive anointing kicked in with greater success. He was faithful to preach. We're invited in churches, fields, cottages, and halls where churches wouldn't receive him. And his 
anointing continued to increase as he used his anointing. Are we there? Point number three, more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Wesley, Whitfield, and others wanted more of God. They were passionate and hungry and sought God with our whole soul through daily devotions, worship, fasting, and prayer, holding and attending services, sometimes nightly service for weeks on end. They continued to walk in the reality of the divinity of God they were receiving. Even though they did not understand all of the fullness of God, also called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they embraced it. They embraced the encounters of God and what he was doing, pouring out his reality upon them. In the summer of 1739, Whitfield had not seen all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that Wesley was telling him about, the outward signs which often accompany an inward work of God in you. The next day, Whitfield began in the application of the sermon to invite all sinners to believe in Jesus, and four people sunk down close to him, just collapsed. One of them lay without either sense or motion. The second trembled exceedingly. The third had strong convulsions all over his body, groaning. The fourth was equally convulsed, called upon God with strong cries and tears. Note, Wesley said, from this time I trust we shall all suffer God to carry on his own work in the way that pleases him. Some people want to criticize the working of the Holy Spirit. I think he's too big sometimes to please the way he operates in people. Every person. Some people want to criticize how he works. And that's probably why they don't have the fullness of God. Besides seeing people exhibit unusual physical manifestations, he also saw people slain in the spirit or been led into extraordinary trances. Wesley interviewed people who had fallen into trances and most consistently told him it was at a time they were in the fullness of the love of God that they fell into a trance, the fullness of God. The trance came upon them suddenly without warning, took all their strength and sense away. They felt they were in another world, knowing nothing of what was done or said by all that was around them. June 12, 1742, Wesley was preaching on the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of faith, and several people dropped down as dead. The rest cried out to God, sinners groaning for the righteousness of faith, and drowned out his voices. Many of these soon lifted up their heads with joy, broke out in the thanksgiving, being assured they now had the desire of their soul. They knew God. On March 29, 1782, Wesley assisted a friend in a service and experienced an unusual sign of a low, soft, solemn sound. Wesley said that it, he preached for him both morning and afternoon. You know, these people didn't just come once on a Saturday and that's it, or on a Sunday. He administered the sacrament to 1,300 people. He said as they were administering the sacrament, he heard a low, soft, solemn sound, just like that of the harp. It continued for five or six minutes, and so affected many that they could not refrain from tears. And finally, it gradually went away. Now, I could tell you stories like that, but I, I don't have time to. Out of Mombasa, blowing trumpets. Wesley experienced extreme opposition and suffered persecution including trying to kill him. But the fullness of God's love caused him to continue on like Jesus on the cross, full of love. Father, forgive them. His wife became bitter and resentful of his ministry. She left him years later, but he continued to preach nearly to the end of his life, which he died at 87. I've seen so many people let a spouse take him out of the ministry. 
Wesley would not do that. He let his wife leave him. The fruit of a man full of God, which is the full of the Holy Spirit, which many call a baptism of the Holy Ghost. The fruit of a man full of God, which is the full of the Holy Spirit, many call a baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you're full of God. It is believed that Wesley rode over 250,000 miles on horseback. He preached over 40,000 sermons, published 5,000 books, sermons, and other literature. He formed societies, opened chapels, released and launched itinerant preachers, helped the sick, and was an avid abolitionist and helped with schools and orphanages. So he was involved in the culture, social changes, stopping slavery. When Wesley died, there was over 79,000 Methodists in England, nearly 50,000 in North America. By 1830, Methodism was the largest denomination in the United States. 1901 recorded 104,000 local preachers, over 89,000 churches, over 861,000 students, over 7,659,000 members. According to the World Methodist Council, 2015, there was 39,414,488 who could take communion worldwide. There is fruit from a vessel full of God and wanting nothing but God. Great anointing. In the book, Defining Moments is where most of this information came from. It shares the lives of other contemporary people who became movers and shakers. These men and women had the same qualities that made God able to possess them and use them so mightily. They were all on a journey. Now these people, if I would read each one's statement at the beginning, they went after God, no matter what happened, and willing to lay it all down. Whether they lose their jobs, their wife, their husband, and, men, and several of them did. Either their wife or husband left them. But they did not stop serving God. They let that spouse go. They all were passionate about serving, living, and wanting all of God that was available. They were on a journey, and they wanted all of God. Nothing was going to stop them, not their job. Certainly, they didn't have time for television, sports. In fact, they wouldn't be watching these woke sissies and arrogant, selfish people. They, don't, they wouldn't have time to fill their being with that type of nonsense. Now, if I'm convicting you, just repent and be filled with the passion of God, the fullness of God. There's a way to do it, and there's a way you'll never get it. They would all sacrifice their time, their energy, their jobs, their families, and lives laying them at the feet of Jesus. Some lost their wives or husbands because of their spouse's dedication and obedience in serving God. They kept in as much unity as possible with other churches and denominations. John Wesley and George Whitfield at one time experienced tension and division because of Whitfield's Calvinist view of predestination, which Wesley did not agree with. Eventually, the men reconciled their differences and maintained their friendship, which helped both rise above their dis disagreements. Where possible, we too must do this. As long as there's not a fundamental error, you know, if we can accept the basic truths of faith and who Jesus is, 
He's the only way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to salvation. If we can accept the truth of these things, whether they're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whether they believe in flat earth, no earth, round earth, it doesn't matter. These things should not separate us. I don't care if you're down there and you believe in whatever. As long as you believe in the basic elements of our salvation, let's serve together. Let's save this nation. Let's bring revival. Some things will never be proven until the Lord returns. It'll never be proven. That's why they're controversy, pre, mid, post. It will never be proven. So whatever view you hold, praise God. But now let's extend the kingdom of God. Because we have an enemy trying to destroy us. Amen. These people were accountable. They allowed others to speak into their lives and were amenable to change and be corrected, including scriptural interpretation and understanding. Wesley had changed as he went ahead and saw how this destitute person had such joy. What is missing in my life? And he just wanted all of the truth of God he could find. His floodgates were wide open to receive all of God's truth, all of God's nature, all of God's gifts, all of his character, his fruit. Their lives initiated revivals, which was primarily repentance of personal sin and brought about cultural change. We could go all through them and they changed the culture. During revivals, bars would shut down. Businesses would close. Laws would change. They changed the culture. We need to change the culture. Why? Because they brought heaven to earth. The culture changed all around them. Again, Wesley was involved in coming against slavery. This is not God. It takes the church to bring the laws of God back to the kingdom of God on earth. It takes the church. The others aren't going to bring it here. They're changing it in a bad way. Charles F. Finney stated, quote, I want to pour my whole life out to God, my whole soul, will, mind, and emotion. Finney knew that true holiness is both attractive and convicting. Listen to that. True holiness is attractive and convicting. Everybody wanted to be around Jesus. True holiness. Even sinners wanted to be around Jesus. Finney's hunger for God led him to one day put aside all businesses and other distractions to seek God. He wanted the fullness of God. As Finney would constantly make time to be alone with God for prayer and worship, fasting and studying the word, to passionately get more and more of God, to be filled and possessed by God, he had in a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus. He fell down, poured out his soul, wept aloud like a child, and one day in the evening hours, waves of God's presence, like electricity, flowed so powerfully over him, he thought he would die. Finney received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit without knowing what baptism was. He just wanted the fullness of God and was constantly, passionately chasing God and the breath of God like immense wings flooded over him to weep loudly and break out in holy laughter. He broke out in holy laughter. Charles Finney, holiness preacher. But waves of liquid love like an eagle's wings flooded over him so much. He said, God, I can't take it. You got to quit. I'm going to die. You know, we can't, we can only take so much of God. I don't know if you've been there, but I have in that early mornings before just crying, crying, God, you know, I was crying, weeping, laughing. It was so, it was so fun, but it got so painful. God, you got to quit. My body can't take much more. Finney caused him to weep aloud. He broke out in holy laughter. The experience 
was continual as we're supposed to. Continually be filled with the progression of the Holy Spirit. And Phineas continued. As he continued to see God with all of his heart. Many of these believers mentioned would speak in tongues as a result of constantly wanting more of God before it was ever taught. They all saw healings and miracles as supernatural in their ministries. Some of these earth shakers, when they heard about the gift of tongues, would desire it and covet it so much, they would travel wherever they needed in order to learn more and to have those qualified to pray with them to receive an impartation, lay hands upon them, and helping them pray through until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit if it took them days, weeks, or months. I quit work until I'm baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I'll tell you, you'll speak in tongues if you're that serious. This is what happened. These are the great movers and shakers. Why? Because they became so full of God and nothing was important to them as God. Remember, fire always falls on sacrifice. Become the sacrifice. Every one of us is on a journey with our walk with the Lord. We all need divine encounters that are truly righteous. This comes by wanting the fullness of God and chasing after it diligently. Never be satisfied with what one has achieved walking with God in the past. Always wanting more of God in the future is our desire. Until 2 Peter 1.4 comes to pass and we're walking in the nature of God. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.